State Senator Burt Jones, thank you for joining me today on Millageville Matters. Thank you, Daniel. I, I appreciate you uh, having me on and, and uh, glad we were able to connect today. Excellent. And I'm appreciative for you taking the time to, to make that connection. Well, let's um, uh, get started with our questions. Um, with all the pressing issues facing us as a state, what, in your opinion, will be the first order of business when the legislature convenes in January? Well, that's a good question, Daniel. Um, obviously, you know, we are in uncharted times right now, and um, we uh, obviously finished a uh, had to, had to uh, leave legislative session early due to the COVID uh, breakout. Uh, however, however, we reconvened uh, back in June uh, so that we could uh, establish a budget. And I serve on the Appropriations Committee in the Senate. And um, when we when we left in March, um, you know, we we thought uh, we were going to be looking at uh, some really significant cuts to our budget. Um, but uh, and, but when we reconvened in June, um, we were uh, fortunate enough to only have to, uh, when I say significant cuts, we were talking anywhere from 20 to 25 percent, uh, which, you know, would have hit all aspects of your of your uh, agencies and and uh, and, and budget uh, items. Uh, but when we reconvened in June, um, the, the forecast, while still not uh, not as bright as you would like, it, it wasn't as bad either. And uh, we were able to make some um, some uh, adjustments and, and, and did make some cuts, but uh, uh, were able to uh, not to have to, to uh, furlough or, or lay off number um, uh, one school teachers. And, uh, and, and so I think um, we were able to um, uh, put ourselves in a position where uh, in January, um, I, I feel like I sense that the economy is coming uh, back, um, and I think if if we can ever get to a place where we have a, a vaccine, uh, which is seemingly coming down the line in the in the coming weeks, and and get really a comfort level back in in society as a whole, I think the economy will pop back, and and uh, and and then January we'll have a a little better forecast. We'll definitely have a better idea of, of what uh, what the what we'll need to do in January for our budget. Uh, and obviously that is the uh, front, our constitution. That is our number one obligation and constitutional obligation as legislators is to pass a balanced budget. So um, I think, it, I think it, uh, it, it will uh, look a lot better in January uh, even than it did in June as well. And, and, uh, and hopeful that, that, uh, um, in January, maybe uh, coronavirus and uh, and a lot of the uncertainty and scare that is out there with it uh, will you know will be in our rearview mirror. And I know that I myself hope for that, and I can imagine that all of our radio audience uh, feels the same way. Yes, absolutely. Now, most candidates run for office because they want to see notable change in the way government operates. How do you measure the impact of your time in office? Well, obviously, I'm a, uh, a small business owner um, here in Jackson, Georgia, and I like to approach uh, government uh, from a from that that uh, perspective. 
Uh, and, you know, uh, you want it to run efficiently, you want it to run uh, effectively, and you, and you want to and try to uh, uh, keep your your cost of operations uh, down. And I think uh, when and when you're as a public elected public servant, um, I think it's, it's it is good to understand uh, uh, what roles government needs to play and and what roles uh, um, need to be left to the uh, private sector. So I think that perspective uh, gives you a, a, a unique outlook because when you're out here working and the various uh, businesses that, that we have. Um, uh, you you understand what what the impact of um, you know stringent regu- regulations or or higher taxes uh, uh, can do to um, uh, the uh, and and what it what it how it does, how it handles the cost of doing business you know so I think that uh, I think it, that that's why I've always tried to as a public servant um, uh, elected official try to look at it from. Uh, from the life experiences I've had in the business world. Basically, uh, maintaining a a stable environment uh, for uh, the state to support the businesses that it has. Absolutely. You know, you, you create a framework. <clears throat> you try to create a framework where people and individuals and, and businesses alike can be successful and, and try to give people... Uh, the freedom, the freedom to uh, uh, work their craft or or provide for their families, and and uh, and in Georgia, obviously for uh, several years now, is, is, has been rated uh, one of the number one places to do business, uh, and it's uh, it is uh, a lot has to do with the elected officials and the leadership that we've had through the years, and and uh, and I think that you know the good conservative leadership. Um, you know, it's not all. It's not not always going to be popular with some, but it, it has uh, been a very successful model, and I think you're even seeing it right now with, um, you know, with with the downturn in the economy nationally. Um, you know, Georgia has has been uh, kind of uh, you know put in the spotlight as a as a state that uh, that that tried to put the responsibility in their citizens and 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 trust their citizens to do the right thing and and because of that uh we're not uh we have not suffered as, as overall as badly as some of the other states who've uh, uh totally you know went the route of wanting to shut everything down and and uh and uh and and it's been very detrimental to their states as a whole well, one aspect of our state economy uh, that has uh, created some instability, uh, checker marked throughout different regions of the state, has been health care and access to adequate health care. Uh, of course, Georgia has seen seven hospitals close in recent years, and there is news that there will be two more closures before the end of this year. What can be done to maintain adequate adequate health care? in rural parts of the state? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, You know, fortunately, uh, we're in in District 25, um, the, uh, the, the, in the counties that I represent, um, you know, the access to health care as far as whether it's in Baldwin or Putnam, Green, uh, Morgan, uh, Jasper, Butts County, all are um, 
are rural and Jones County as well. All are rural, uh, uh, considered rural counties, uh, but they have uh, all all have uh, acting hospitals. Uh, and and while some of them have changed their focus from uh, maybe being uh, critical care uh, facilities, they've uh, also but they've uh, branched out into other aspects of healthcare, whether it be physical therapy or or whatever, and uh, it, it, you know whatever the whatever fits their community best. Uh, they are they really have some of these counties that are represented. I think of uh, Green County with St. Mary's Hospital, as well as uh, uh, Butts County here, uh, where I am. Uh, these rural hospitals have uh, uh, figured out uh, uh, how to um, uh, provide. Uh, at, provide good care, uh, however, but knowing what their limitations are. Now, as far as the counties that are uh, not as fortunate as, as some of these counties we represent here in the state, um, you know, we have in the last few years really focused on health care, not just from uh, uh, hospital access, but also from virtual uh, doctoring, which obviously has become a, a lot uh, bigger emphasis on that during this this uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, but uh, also, we also have done uh, legislation to try to incentivize uh, students uh, in, uh, coming out of uh, our med schools, Augusta and, and, uh, and Mercer University, uh, try to incentivize them when uh, by uh, when they when they graduate from uh, their prospective uh, uh, institutions that uh, they consider uh, going into smaller communities that don't have a pediatric or don't have a general uh, practitioner and things of that nature and and help them with their uh, student loans um, that they had acquired through the year. So um, you know and and like I said, we have uh, tried to go after. Uh, Pharmaceuticals. Uh, uh, we passed legislation this past year to try to regulate and try to uh, make um, uh, pharmacy visits uh, more affordable uh, by by dealing directly with the manufacturers and and, and uh, trying to help with our small town pharmacy retailers. Uh, with and also we uh, passed legislation pertaining to surprise billing, uh, where. Uh, you know, where uh, an individual who goes to an ER um, trying to uh, and, 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 you know, goes there and under an emergency uh, situation, but afterwards um, finds himself in a financial hardship because of the uh, uh, because of the ER visits. And uh, and there's really no uh, lot in a lot of cases. There's never been any rhyme or reason why. Um, some of the uh, emergency um, uh, emergency room uh, participants or patients have uh, received such high bills, but uh, nevertheless, it's something that has uh, deterred a lot of people from wanting to seek care. Uh, and we've uh, passed legislation to try to once again shine the light on on the you know the the actors, whether it be the medical. Uh, uh, facility itself or for the uh, insurance companies or or even in, in Medicaid and Medicare uh, example so you know it um, uh, so you, you're always trying to create um, the ways of, of improving your health care system and at the, at the even at the rural level uh, while we have had a few hospital uh, well several hospital closures around the state, you know, we've also had some hospitals open. Uh, Morgan County has a, a brand new facility 
there in Madison, uh, where, you know, and that's a small, what you consider a small rural community. Uh, but, uh, uh, but due to the leadership they had at their, um, county run, um, uh, hospital, they, uh, were doing such a good job that they felt like they need to upgrade their facility and, and they have, and, uh, and it's been a, uh, a pretty good success story. So, um, so there, there, while there are examples, uh, plenty of examples and uh, of rural healthcare uh, being difficult, there are also uh, examples of, of rural healthcare uh, facilities being successful as well. So, I think it's important that uh, we not only uh, we try to learn from those who've had success and also, uh, and, and see if, if those same successes can be applied in other areas of the state. Now, the United States is currently undertaking its constitutionally mandated headcount, the United States Census. After the count, the next order of business is redrawing the lines for all of Georgia's congressional and legislative districts. How do you want to see the reapportionment process play out, and why do you hold that opinion? Well, you know, it's it's really important that uh, uh, number one that that people uh, fill out the census and 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 turn it in, send it back in when they receive a census in the mail, uh, or or go to the website to um, uh, uh, fill out a, a, a form on on the. Uh, uh, the Georgia, I think the Georgia uh, uh, Census uh, Center has a um, has a has a link to go to fill out a census, and um, I think so. Number one, it's important that everyone um, uh, uh, participate in that uh, because that's the only way you're going to have a a an accurate uh, count of uh, what your population is and what it actually looks like from a demographic um, standpoint, and um, and and I think last I checked, Georgia was lagging behind as far as the rest of the country. I think we were at maybe fifty four percent, and that might be that might be uh, that might be on the high side. But as far, as far as people who have actually filled out a census, so number one, that's that is so it's very important um, uh, that that people do that. And I would encourage everyone who is listening to to if you haven't already done it, seek. Uh, seek the appropriate uh, sites to to do that. Uh, number two, you know, I you know, I, I pay attention to uh, the district that I represent, District Twenty Five. I feel like uh, because in uh, certain areas of uh, of of my district, it is probably going to be an increased population of people. Uh, seems like we've had a uh, influx in areas like Baldwin and and Putnam and, and Green County and Morgan for that matter in particular, uh, there's been seemingly an influx of, uh, uh, of, uh, new residents. And some of those are, are people who are moving out of the Metro area further out I 20 or down 75. And, um, and, and also, but from out of state as well, I've met uh, numerous people from Northeastern states who are moving uh, to the South and they're moving to Georgia uh, because they're looking for a better quality of, uh, of life and a better standard of living uh, that they don't feel like they're getting in their Northeastern state. So um, pertaining to, yeah, I have nine counties um, in my, in the 25th district here. Uh, so I, I, I predict that, that as far as from a County standpoint, that I will probably uh, after the, 
redraw the lines for the 25th district, it will probably be smaller as far as uh, counties are concerned. Now, how, I don't know if I'll go from nine to seven or, or nine to eight, but uh, unlike um, some of my rural counterparts, uh, they will, you know, in, in, in south of Houston County in particular, you, there, there, there's some uh, uh, Senate districts that we're probably going to have to grow as far as geographically in size because of the population it is not uh, growing um, south in the south end of the state as, as much as it is in uh, the uh, uh, the middle and um, uh, middle metro and north uh, parts of the state. So, um, you know, and I, I, the House will uh, get uh, uh, their their versions or their lines. Get have, they'll have a, a version of, of lines be drawn. And then the Senate will have its turn. So, and, you know, you just try to work with the people, the, the different committees who are in charge of those uh, re redistricting and try to work with them and, and see what is uh, best for, for the area you represent. And do you think that the representation um, f directly from citizens into the ways that the lines are, will be drawn is adequate or uh, needs improvement? Uh, clarify what you're what you're saying with that. Well, as you mentioned at uh, the end of um, uh, your response, uh, it will be up to the committees uh, from the legislature uh, to draw those lines. Um, as I understand, there will be a series of public input meetings, but there really is no defined input uh you know, at least from the constitutional standpoint, as to what uh, uh, regular citizens, non-elected officials uh, play into how those lines are drawn. Um, that has led to contention um, in other states, and I imagine you know, it will at least lead to um, uh, some conversation here. Uh, do you think that um, the legislature should still uh, wield as much power in the uh, reapportionment process of drawing those lines? Uh, well, I mean, you know, they, they're the legislature, your legislative body is always the ones who are closest uh, to the people. And, and I know if you pay attention to national politics, there's, uh, the, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a contingency, always a contingency that it's a, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, well, right now you're just in a, a system, uh, at the federal level where it's just, you're a stalemate does not seem like anything. Uh, can get done um, based on party affiliation. Uh, that, uh, historically, well, in my time in the Georgia legislature, uh, I, I, we, we, I have not experienced uh, uh, that type of divisiveness uh, within the General Assembly. Now, I will grant you it has uh, started trending uh, that way in the last year and a half, two years, I guess. But, but historically speaking, you know, a lot of us, particularly us, what I consider rural legislators, um, Republican or Democrat, um, you, you know, we we uh, end up getting along and end up uh, uh, being in agreement on a lot of uh, legislation that is passed due to the fact that our communities are experiencing the same type issues, which is always going to be around health care, around education, around transportation and the ability to uh um, um, and the ability to uh, try to satisfy a lot of those needs. So, um, 
so I think in, in, like I said, in most cases, uh, we, uh, um, uh, you know, when I have, take me for example, when I have a constituent, which I have plenty that call me or, uh, to, for assistance, you know, I don't ask them if, uh, you know, what a party affiliation they're with. And I don't ask them if, if they supported me in a, in a last election, you're, you're elected public servant. And I think a lot of people, um, in, in as elected public servant, you, you represent the entire, uh, area in which you you're elected from no matter what your party affiliation is and that, and so you know that's how i go about looking at um you know how i represent uh the people who put me in this post and so how i'll continue to do is how i conduct my business you know i i uh, you know we uh, we 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 try to be accommodating and try to treat everybody fair and equal and with respect and and, uh, and I think if you do that, um, you know, the, everything else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's possible that you may have just answered my next question, uh, but I'll ask it directly in case it solicits a different response. Uh, of course, you know, as uh, we've at least noted that, um, you know, we're living through divisive times in our nation's history. Right. What must elected officials do to pull our nation together in how will you lead that effort uh, through your tenure? Yeah. Well, um, you are right. We, it, it, you are in a very uh, divisive environment right now. Um, and, and both parties are, are, are guilty of, of, uh, of helping cause some of that divisiveness. Also, uh, you know, uh, media outlets have been, uh, and, and I'm not just talking about, uh, TV or, or radio, but you know, all these so- different social media platforms that seemingly, um, you know, uh, give, give, uh, people the ability to, uh, to, to, uh, um, put out, uh, what I consider, uh, you know, information that in some, in a lot of cases is misinformation. In a lot of cases is, is, uh, information that is, um, that is not productive uh and it's it's not um uh where in a lot of times it's it's, it's counterproductive and in, in trying to um, bring people together or, or communities together and it's uh it's, it's very unfortunate that you have that but as a leg official i think you you have to try to um uh, like i said represent your entire community uh whether the independents republicans democrats white black male female whatever and you try to do it to the best of your ability and 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 uh and, and try to uh engage um people of opposite engage them in people of opposite maybe uh opinions or political views uh and 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 uh, and and try to find common ground uh, on, on some other issue that, that, that might, uh, develop into a, a, a better rapport. So, but, uh, it is, it is, uh, unfortunate, um, uh, in that you do have, uh, and you never, you're never going to eliminate that. I mean, this is, um, but there are ways to improve it. And it's, uh, it, it goes back to the, it goes back to the golden rule, you know, we, uh, is, is treat people how you want to be treated and, and, uh, and try to pe- treat people with respect and, and honesty. And, and it, like I said, it'll carry you a long way. I know it's very simple, simple philosophy, but it's amazing how, how well it works. 
and we're coming to the close of our time together today, and so I want to give you uh, the opportunity for that uh, uh, final conversation directly to our, our radio audience. Uh, why should our listeners vote for uh, Burt Jones? Well, I um, I appreciate that question. I, I think I've been a proven leader, leader at the, in, in Atlanta, and I've been a consistent and proven leader for our our communities and our, our counties that I represent here. Uh, I've done numerous. Uh, uh, um, uh, I've had uh, numerous opportunities to to uh, uh, be a catalyst for for growth and and also be a cat- uh, in the, in our communities, Fallen County in particular. There's not been a session that I've gone through where uh, uh, Georgia College, GMC, uh, technical colleges, Central State Hospital facilities, or uh, or Central State Hospital Authority. Uh, or other entities uh, within the community that I have not uh, gotten uh, appropriated funding for um, uh, uh, opportunities for for those different entities. Um, I literally, I looked at it the other day uh, through the years, I have literally um, helped orchestrate. Uh, and also, I'll get my, I'll get my, uh, also, let me, before I, I'm not, trying to toot my own horn, but I want, I've always had a great working relationship with uh, the late uh, Rusty Kidd and our current uh, house rep, uh, Rick Williams. And, and uh, we've always forged a good partnership uh, to, um, to help uh, uh, garner funding for our universities and, and our uh, state, other state projects and community projects there. And I've always been a very responsive uh, um, uh, legislator for, for our different communities, and um, and uh, and I think I've always put our the best interests of our uh, of our leaders and our citizens at heart uh, in making decisions of, at the state capitol. So um, I, I and I want to continue to do that. I want to continue to represent represent the good people of District 25, and I hope uh, they uh, will. Uh, realize the the uh, the work that we have that I've, we have put in through the years, or put in through the years, and I hope they appreciate um, the uh, service. And I think they do because I, uh, I I hear I hear from them all the time, and and uh, and they uh, have been nothing but supportive and continue seemingly be supportive of uh, of my service to the state, and uh, just look forward to having two more years. Uh, under the gold dome representing the people of District 25. State Senator Burt Jones, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me in our radio audience today on Military Matters. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome.